Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours, Julie John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio, ho 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 bitches. Uh, it's your boy Blooms, joined with Cat. What's going on, Cat? Not much. <sighs> There's someone missing. Yeah, there is. Yeah, again. <laughs> again. I mean, I, uh, Rob's not joining us for this one. I, I think we need to we need to start like a. Uh, a line or something somewhere just to, and I'm sure it'll grow quickly just to whoop Rob's ass <laughs> we think cat uh, I think that would be a really good like fundraising opportunity for slasher radio but the question is would you get in line oh yeah <laughs> oh, oh yeah nice okay yeah. yeah I would like to start and end the line like I want to just whoop the hell out of him and then when it's all done and everyone whoops his ass and he thinks he's got nothing left I follow it up one more time That'd be golden. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so no Rob this week. Uh, well, actually, there's Rob this week, but just not here right now. So, uh, as we mentioned last week, we have Larry Zerner joining us. So, we're going to let you guys listen to that interview shortly. Uh, and you'll unfortunately hear Rob in that. But, uh, Kat, that was a pretty cool conversation we had with, uh, with Larry. Yeah, I think we, we covered a lot of stuff. We, he had some very interesting insight. I think this is the first time I felt like I've I've understood kind of what's going on with the lawsuit. Yeah, this is the first time I feel like I've understood a lawyer. I think it's point blank <laughs> period because you know usually they get caught up in. I, I think they they spend so much time in law school and you know all that shit. It, it becomes so normal to them and they forget that other people don't speak lawyer. But Larry did a great job in breaking everything down in um, understandable terms. And, uh, you know, as everybody probably probably knows, should know, uh, also his not most notable role in acting was Shelly in Friday the 13th. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, as we talked about in the interview, probably the more notable survivors from the films. Usually they uh, don't get much, uh, you know, they're kind of just made to die. So really not uh, not too many there. So to to come out on top of that one and actually have a name for yourself is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, to say the least. So, Kat, do you want to go through? It's only like two news articles, but it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. So I just wanted to get your take on a couple of things. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Uh, takes always get me into trouble. But uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> they do. It's funny. <laughs> they do. It's funny enough. Um, all right. First thing that I want to mention. It really, Even last week, there really wasn't much. There's really not a lot going yeah. on, period, lately, which kind of sucks. Blumhouse is working on a sequel to The Exorcist. 
Uh-oh. Did you hear about that? <laughs> I did not hear about that. How the fuck are they going to come up with a... See, like, I don't understand that shit. You know, I, I can see... You, you may be doing a remake or something, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, you're going to do that that far out? Like, come on now. Yeah, I... That's an interesting one. Right. The Exorcist, not that it hasn't had any sequels, because obviously it has. I, right. I'd argue it has, like, some... In the world of sequels, Exorcist doesn't have the worst ones, even. Mm-hmm. But I, I am... I, I don't know. It, it seems like just the first one is, is so fondly remembered it it's there's a high risk element you mm-hmm. know when you start off with something as good as the exorcist that can stand the test of time like that where it's like the, it, there's a very slim window to get it right and a very large window to disappoint a lot of exorcist fans right right like i, I i've never understood that i don't think i ever will uh, kind of like Halloween did, and uh, there's going to be a Halloween tie-in in with this shortly. But kind of like Halloween did, all this time later, if you're not going to do a remake, it's hard to... like. I mean, they did a sequel, which is kind of weird, but there's been so many movies in there, and like, I don't understand. But uh, it's so bizarre to me. It's like, it's been this long. Like You're just now trying to continue that story. I don't understand, but this does is being directed by David Gordon Green, who was the director. Hold on, let me just double check before I say anything. Yeah, he was uh, David Gordon Green was the director of the 2018 Halloween, and also the director of the upcoming Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends and the Hellraiser TV series, which I've heard nothing about. Wait, what? What? Wow. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Alright. <laughs> Someone to look into. I... I We just found a whole What's new piece of news. What's going on with the... <laughs> the down the rabbit hole now, like... <laughs> right, yeah, we got, we got stuck down the David Gordon Green rabbit hole. Um, there's nothing... I mean, I'm looking at IMDB. And credited to him under announced is Hellraiser TV series. There's... For HBO, apparently? Oh, is that what it is? Oh, wow. Is that what's going on? Am I... I have no idea what's going on. I haven't heard anything about this. I'm just hearing about it now. I'm, like, trying to skim through articles to get an answer about... Holy shit. <laughs> Hellraiser series, because that's... I need that in my life, if it's... <laughs> yeah, you're a big Hellraiser fan, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is something that... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I, this is my first time hearing about it, which is crazy. But before we, we even tackle that, like, that's big fucking uh, surprise news to me. But I, Exorcist is iconic. It's funny because Rob, actually, the first episode he was ever on the show was when we were having uh, guest hosts kind of thing. We were in transition and stuff like that. And guy named Rob Humphrey messaged me on Twitter interested in coming on as a guest host for an episode, and he wanted to talk about Exorcist, so yeah, it kind of sucks that he's not here to talk about that, but, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it's so hard with stuff like that to live up to the original, and I think the reason Halloween was so successful was it had John Carpenter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and all these people to make it feel like it's authentic. I, I don't know how much of that's going to be involved here. 
I'm a little bit more optimistic because he he did well. I'm more optimistic knowing that he's involved because he did excellent work on Halloween. Right. Uh, on the 2018. So I'm cautiously optimistic. That being said, I don't inherently believe that uh, doing it successfully once I feel like is the exception and not the rule. Right. So I'll. There's a lot of caution in this optimism, but I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch the new Exorcist and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be there for it for sure. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but uh, we're gonna reserve a little bit, with, and rightfully so, I think. You know, like it's you're talking about the Exorcist. Like some people put that up there with at the top, not even with at. Some people have that at the top. So I don't know. But now back to this whole Hellraiser thing. Yes. What the hell, like? I, I know about the, the Child's Play series. Uh, Sci-Fi has sent us over uh, a few press releases on it. I I'm, I haven't really heard much about it since. I'm sure COVID has kind of bit that in the ass a little bit. But horror, uh, horror shows, we've seen it with Scream. That's what it was. Yeah, I'm not going to praise that by any means. But I have high hopes for Child's Play and now fucking Hellraiser. That is a story that I think could use a television show like there's so much there that could be a tv show oh absolutely i'm very thrilled about that. i'm i'm especially thrilled because i will say um i really liked books of blood i did think uh from the trailer that it was going to be a series i thought it was going to be like an anthology series right so when it finally came out and i watched it and it was a movie and i was like wait a minute <laughs> hold on where's my uh weekly clive barker fix like right. this is not <laughs> at all what I signed up for. But so I'm I've needed something like this in my life for a while and I hope that it's good. Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, Clive Barker and something that I there's something about like when you watch a movie, don't get me wrong, obviously we love movies here, but you know, you watch it and it's over. And sometimes it's a sequel and then you get more and sometimes the sequel is terrible. You know, like it, it's usually yeah. you get the movie and it's done. But with a TV show, like it's every week and sometimes even for years. I, there's nothing like a really good TV show. And as far as horror goes, I mean, Walking Dead was probably the the last one that comes to mind. Tales from the Crypt before that. I mean, I'm not a huge TV guy, so I mean, do you? I don't. Do you know of anything? Uh, well. I watch American Horror Story, oh, but it hasn't been good for several seasons now. Now it's more of like a joke watch yeah. for me. There were a couple of the seasons that I did really appreciate, but it's not, it, it, it doesn't really scratch that horror itch. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same thing with like, I watch a bunch of horror shows, but I don't, I mostly complain, I think, about all of the ones that I keep up with. I, I watched Bates Motel all the way through. Oh god, I forgot that one too. See, I didn't get into Bates Motel. I watched, uh, I watched the Scream series as well. I don't think I finished it. I got bored, but <laughs> I started the Scream series. Alright, let, let, let's agree on something Scream related right here, right now. Scream 4 is way better than the TV series. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. At least at least you'll give me that much. Damn. I will. Yeah. Thank God. But wow, I I am going to look heavily into this. Probably when we're done with this, not for that. Like I'm very very interested. Like that. That is awesome. I also I'm a little bit mad at HBO Max because I get so many emails from them about dumb things and then they didn't tell me about the Hellraiser. <laughs> like, yeah. Show. 
I don't understand. I don't know. Um, well, I mean that that's awesome. That I mean we came onto another topic by mistake, so that's always good. But the next thing I want to talk to you about is apparently Kane Hodder is working on uh, a video game for uh, another horror franchise, and he's teasing this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it could be. Kane Hodder's in it, so it's like. I don't think it would be another Friday the 13th game. Uh, I have no idea. That's intriguing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he did a cameo video for a fan, and he mentioned how one of his next projects is another horror video game. <laughs> uh, Victor Crowley, maybe? I don't know. Something to keep an eye out on. Right. I like horror games. I mean, I don't. I, I know he had a. Um, didn't he did like stunts for Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Or, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't know. Oh wait a minute, uh, Kane Hodder may be referring to a new game in the works from Gun Media, and they speculate oh. the game is referring to. Okay, so it's looking like based on this that, uh, it it could be a project with Gun Media, who of course were. The creators of the Friday the 13th game, which we talked about upcoming with Larry Zerner. Um, he worked with them on that, so that would be kind of cool. The I, it, Gun Media was so authentic with everything. If they're going to do anything, I'm down for it, and I'm there for it. I, I don't know what the fuck this could be. You know, if it weren't for all the stuff that we talked about... Uh, <laughs> that we have already talked about in the upcoming interview, I would guess that it's another Friday the 13th thing, but it's just like, there's no way. Yeah. There's, but that's interesting though, that he's working with them on something else. Yeah. Oh my God. I, the only thing I could think if I'm speculating, I'm going to put a guess, it's going to be something Texas Chainsaw related. And that's because like, other than Victor Crowley, obviously, which I don't think is big enough to get a video game franchise, but I mean, what the fuck else could it be? It's got to be something Leatherface related, I would think. I don't know. I'm going to break my heart if Gun Media does Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because it's going to be another one of those things where I get all excited about it, and then it's only a multiplayer thing, and I'm going <laughs> to... Uh... Probably. I just hope there's a good single player option if it's Texas Chainsaw. I could not sit out another horror franchise video game. <laughs> okay, I see, because that's probably my favorite game is Friday the 13th. What, what is it that you, because I, I know you're you're more of the story, like you, you said that, but I love that multiplayer aspect, like that competitiveness of it, because believe it or not, man, you would think that people are getting paid from playing Friday the 13th the way people get competitive on that damn game. Like, it is wild how, how serious people <laughs> take it. So what don't you like about it? I think that's the thing. I think video games bring out that very competitive side in me. And I'm uh -huh. not going to say that it's better on single player because I do achievements and trophies. And, right. like, I'm a very... I can compete against myself no problem. And it still very much brings out that side of me. But when I'm playing with other people, I get, like, so focused on... You know, I, I get so focused on that aspect of it that I can't enjoy, like... I, I don't get scared because I'm I, I hyper focus and then right. like that's not the experience I'm trying to have 
you know? That's fair. That, that's if it's fair. just like me alone in a dark room playing a horror game, you know, that's like my one of the spookiest experiences for me. And I don't get scared by a lot of stuff. So like even the chance to have that is very exciting. But I, I don't have it if I know that there's another person out there that I'm playing against. Then I just am like, oh man, this is a game and I have to win it. Ooh, like, right. Yeah, I mean, that that's fair. That's fair. I could definitely see that. That's fair. Uh, see, I like that aspect. Like, that's fun, too. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, even playing multiplayer, as rare as it is, if Jason goes into stalk or something on Friday, for example, and shift grabs you out of nowhere, like, I'm not gonna lie. There's a few some bitches out there who scared the shit out of me doing that. Like, I'm really not gonna lie. But it, I, I know what you, like, it's not the same actual fear, tense... You know, it's a jump scare and there, it's there and gone. So it's not, yeah. it's nowhere near that. But I can see that. I can see it. But I do like that competitive aspect, like because man, it's out there. And and if I'm gonna get competitive, uh, I I would rather play a shooter because I I it takes me a very long time to like learn controls for games. I don't have like any kind of natural ability when you drop me into a new game. Except if it's an FPS game, I can be like, okay. Right. I point and I shoot and I aim and I'm gonna be okay at this. Right. Like, see, my problem with those games are I suck at shooters, so I usually <laughs> tend to stay away from them. What? What's happening? Uh, nope. Shut the fuck. I don't know what happened. Like, I think I got older and my reflexes are shot. But I used to be pretty decent at them. But, oh, oh god. I I tried playing uh, Call of Duty with a friend of mine. I embarrassed myself to say the least. It was really, really, I forget the score was like, I don't even remember, like 30 something to like four. And two of them was like, oh, I ran out of ammo here, kill me. He was like, oh, well, fuck you. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I don't like this. But yeah, that's kind of cool, man. I mean. But I'm excited. I'm, I'll keep an eye on it. And if it's got any kind of like a, any kind of a single player function, I'm, I'm going to be in. Right. I'm going to be in regardless, so let's put it that way. <laughs> so that that's always fun. I'm definitely interested for sure. You know, I, I it, especially if it's gummy. If it's gummy, I'm all over it because like, we've seen the authenticity <laughs> they brought to Friday, and uh, you know that that's pretty awesome. But speaking of gum media and Friday the 13th and all that shit, throw you guys over to the interview with Larry Zerner, and we'll chit chat you up a little bit on on the way out of that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we did speak to you last week and the week before. I think we even mentioned it. We were going to have a very special guest, and here we are with Mr. Larry Zerner. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm great. How's it going? Can't complain. Can't go. A little cold. A little cold, although you're you're on the West Coast, so you don't have to worry about that right now. It is uh, nice. It's about 75 degrees here oh, in geez. beautiful Los Angeles. Um, it, it's about 32 with half a foot of snow on the ground over here so <laughs> yes well so when people complain about like the taxes in california i was like this is it is the weather tax we pay the weather tax <laughs> that, that is true <laughs> like, that, 
How much would you pay to be in 75 degree weather? A lot of a lot more money than I have right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, we have a lot of stuff to talk to you about. Um, what I what I wanted to start with was how did you get into acting? Because your first role, uh, from what it's showing on IMDb and a couple other sources, was Friday the 13th Part Three, probably your no- most notable. How did you get into acting? And you know, you jumped right into a huge franchise right off the bat. Uh, yeah, well, I I. Uh, so I started acting, you know, I was always the kid who wanted attention. And then in, uh, when I was in sixth grade, I was cast as Dick Deadeye in the production of HMS Pinafore by Gilbert and Sullivan. You probably don't know who that is, but, uh, um, anyway, and that sort of, I caught the acting bug and then I was, you know, acting in, in junior high and high school and, uh, doing all the plays and, and wanted to be an actor and, and uh, and I was studying. I got went on to. I was I was studying theater at uh, Cal State Northridge, and when I was cast in the movie. Okay. Okay. Um, I also noticed that your your acting career isn't very extensive, which is you know, <laughs> what what made you you kind of seem to hop out of it quick? Like what what was why didn't you stick around longer? because uh, I wasn't making any money. Fair. Um, <laughs> was not making a living at being an actor. And so uh, my dad said uh, he would pay for law school. So I went to law school. And uh, that has seemed to work out, at least financially. Um, so I'm a lawyer, uh, for the most part. Right. I mean, we've talked to a bunch of people on here. Uh, actually, uh, from the Friday the 13th franchise, um, Dom Matthews, who also kind of... Um, implemented that as well where he was like when you get into acting you got to be prepared to not make a lot of money and you know maybe stick it out maybe not and be prepared for other things so we've heard that said several times it is very hard to be a a, an actor who makes the kind of money i make as a lawyer would be very difficult i i'm very very certain it would not have happened so at least financially it was a better move. I do. I, I do love acting, though, and I still have clients who give me parts in their movies. So I I do the odd, uh, you know, walk on in a movie now and then, which I really love doing and uh, hope to do more. Are you surprised at uh, how enduring the character of Shelley has been? I mean, this is a franchise with a lot of movies and a lot of characters, but everyone seems to remember Shelley. Uh, I, I, I am surprised uh, that the. Uh, Shelley has become somewhat of a fan favorite among, you know, there are 12 movies and lots of these secondary characters. And, uh, you know, in the, in the Jason world, you know, there's, there's Jason's or, you know, but like, you know, go to the conventions, you know, the Jason's are the top and then the final girls. And then there's everyone else, <laughs> but among the everyone else, Shelley is a, maybe a little higher than some of the other people, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, it's nice. I think most, maybe a lot of um, uh, horror fans are also uh, kind of overweight nerds like Shelley. <laughs> so, <laughs> they relate. I mean, he he was so much of a fan favorite that um, uh, kind of a nice segue into my the next thing I want to talk to you about was uh, he's very prominent in the video game. You know, like most of the characters in there have different names and they're kind of based on the characters in the movies. But Shelly is full blown Shelly in there. Well, so that was uh, a little bit of uh, 
uh, luck and also that early, very early on, uh, before the game, a year before the game was released, when it was at, um, they, they came to E3, which is the Electronic Game Expo in LA every year, the guys from Gun came to show the game and they, they couldn't even get into the, it's, at, it's held at the convention center. They couldn't even get in. They had rented an, a, 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 a hotel room nearby to show the game. And I had a friend who knew those guys and he brought me. So I met them early on while the game was still in development. And so we became friendly. And then we were, they were at Comic-Con the next year and I was at Comic-Con being friendly. And then they were like, yeah, come on, let's, we'll put you in the game. And so they were like, they knew that I would, I would jump at it. So, I, I mean, I'm so happy. And me and Tom Matthews are the only actors from the movie who got to do our own voices, and, which is great. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a huge fan of the video game. And uh, I, I feel like we're going to talk about that a little later. But you did some voice acting for that, too, which um, going from acting and then having your own personal career and all that. What, what was voice acting like? That's got to be a whole different kind of thing in itself. It was so much tougher than I thought. It's tough yeah. uh, as an actor um, because you get this page of, you know, there's like, there are maybe 200 lines oh, God. Uh, that, that I had, but it's, and so you like do them in groups. So it's like, sometimes you're just doing, you know, Hey, how are you? You know, or, you know, and you have to do it three times, you know, do everything three times, but then it's like, you know, you get to, Oh my God, we're going to die. You know, you have to do that <laughs> three different ways. You know, and it's like, that is rough to get in there. It's like, just, just do it. Right. Uh, you know, right now, uh, no prep. Let's just, let's go. So uh, it was, it was challenging, but a lot of fun. Uh, I really loved, I'd love to do more voice acting. A lot of fun. Yeah. I've, I've heard, uh, I, I don't know if the scream was yours, but I've heard your scream quite, quite a bit, or at least portrayed as you in that game quite a bit. I, uh, I think it's my scream. It should be my scream. <laughs> uh, I scream in, in, Part three, you hear uh, there's a scream when um, Dana is on the uh, on the hay. She's riding the hay loft up, and then they hear a scream, and and they they come running in. And they find me with the fake um, uh, the fake hack the fake axe in my head. Right, you know that part of the movie. Rob's like, oh, maybe, uh, <laughs> but uh, so there's a scream, and that's my scream. I, I do a good scream. <laughs> <laughs> Very enjoyable scream. All right, so uh, another thing we wanted to to kind of get your expertise on because it is literally your expertise. Would you um, would you be able to? Because I know you've given your your thoughts on what's going on, obviously the lawsuit and all that stuff. And can you just tell everybody real quick? Because you know, I I I've seen what you're you're you specialize in, but I don't know legal terms. So can you explain it a lot better than I can of exactly what you do? I'm a, I'm a copyright uh, and entertainment lawyer. So my expertise, I have an expertise in copyright law. And so I handle a lot of copyright infringement cases. So I'm familiar with the issues in the, in the lawsuit between Victor and Sean over the rights to the um, franchise. Did you want me to go over that? We're curious. I, we, think, we I think a nice overview for the dumb people in the room might be good. Okay, I'll give you a, a quicker overview. Right. So first you have to know that there is a provision in the Copyright Act that says that if you assign your copyright to 
somebody to your writer and you sign your script to a studio or a producer that after 35 years, you can terminate that assignment and get the rights back. Um, and so, uh, and, but there's, there's an exception to that is that you can't do that if the work being done was a work for hire. Um, and usually there is language in the agreement that says this is a work for hire. So uh, in this case, uh, Victor and Sean had a contract back in 1978, or I think, um, uh, or 79 for the script. Uh, and um, the, uh, the contract did not have work for hire language because they used an old form contract from the WGA that hadn't been updated. <laughs> so, oh, uh, and uh, so now it had been 35 years and Victor was terminating his, uh, his transfer to the rights, which was completely within his right and ability to do as the writer and, uh, of the script. And Sean sued him claiming that the transfer should not go forward because even though there wasn't work for hire language in the agreement, it was a work for hire because uh, uh, Victor was Sean's employee and to decide if he was an employee, courts look at the various things that uh, whether that decide whether you're, this is kind of technical, whether there's an employment relationship, such as are you being paid by the hour or by the job? Are you, are you having to work at a certain place? Does the employer provide you materials? Does the employer set your hours? Right, so in a typical employment relationship, right, you go to an office, they provide you stuff, you work for, the, you know, your eight hours, Monday through Friday, go home. That's the typical employment relationship. Right. You know, right. but if I hire someone to paint my house, I don't provide him anything. He, he comes, he works when he wants, and he does his own work, and that's an that's a independent contractor. Right. So the question right. is, with, with Victor and Sean, is it more like a typical employee, or is it more like I hired someone to do something? And the court, the lower court ruled for Victor and said that uh, it was uh, it was not an employment relationship. So the termination was valid. And so at the moment, the rights have been terminated. And Sean has appealed that. And the appellate argument was heard in February of 2020. And it's now been 10 months and we still haven't had a ruling, which is pretty long. I mean, that's longer than normal. but. Uh, you know, I, I don't take anything from that except it'll come when it comes, but it could come any day. We should see a ruling on whether they uphold that verdict or not. And the, the one thing that, so first of all, Victor didn't do anything wrong. He was doing something exactly what the Copyright Act says he's supposed right. to do, which is that get back his rights because when he sold the rights, he sold them for $9,300, something like that. Oh my God. Uh, and it's worth tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, so he's trying to get some more money, which is exactly what the Copyright Act uh, uh, is supposed to do. And, uh, but, uh, you know, they need to make a deal because Victor, even though he won, he only owns the rights to the original script. And so the stuff, he owns the, right the stuff that's in the original script but he doesn't own anything that's in any of the other scripts. And he only owns U.S. rights in the original scripts. He doesn't own foreign rights at all. So the only way you can make a movie is that both of them agree to that, you know, and, and it's a tough issue because it's hard to decide, well, when you make a movie, which is 
you know, adult Jason, mm-hmm. uh, hockey mask Jason, and you know, you might have a passing reference to 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 Pam Voorhees. You know, how much money of that should Victor get? And on the one hand, there's an argument that Victor goes, I get half because none of none of this would have happened without me. So I get half of the 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 rights money now from now on. And there's a there's an argument that he should get much less because really Jason is popular because of what happened after the first one. Right. You know, that the killer Jason, you know, Victor didn't even want that scene, the last scene uh in the in the first movie and so it you know there's the argument so the really the more the real argument is on the money not on not so much on does victor own it but how do you split up the money yeah uh, that, i mean and I, I there's so many stories going so many different ways and i mean even when i play the game you know you run into people and everyone acts like they're the judge of the of the case and they know everything so it's just it's it's amazing to hear the different stories that go around and i tell everybody that's my thing going to what you said about victor i mean look if i had an opportunity to get millions of dollars by suing somebody you best believe i'm going to do it so everyone's mad at him it's like how he didn't wait wait he didn't sue anyone Sean sued him. Oh, right. Well, he well. sent out the termination. Sean tries to stop the termination. Right, right. Sean, Sean is so Sean has sued Victor. Victor didn't sue anyone. Yes. I just want to make that clear. Wrong current terminology. Well, because people go like, oh, Victor sued, uh, and Vic, it's all Victor's fault. It's like, no, no, no. Victor was doing it, with the, and the judge agreed with him. That was completely within his right. I agree, too. There, now, now, someone's being unreasonable as to what the money split should be. That's That's where the problem is, and that they can't come to a deal on that is really the, the issue. This is going to set a huge precedent for writing contracts, though, isn't it? Like one way or the other, this is going to be not not so no. much because it's um, uh, it's really uh, you know fact specific. It's really the question is you know what what were the facts in the in in what was going on with between Victor and Sean. So it doesn't really. Won't really have a lot of precedential value for that. No. Reason. Yeah. No, and and like I, Larry said earlier, I think most contracts probably provide a, a work for hire clause or I, or whatever I in s- them. We, it's just a weird situation. Yeah, now this one doesn't. <laughs> I, I was gonna say yeah, like yeah. even just uh, in the limited like in the article writing capacity, all of my contracts ever have had a work for hire thing. Right. Because people learned, right? This was the, the the just to go back in time, the um, the issue of work for hire and having this language only started in 1978. Oh wow! So it was pretty new, and that's why when they and I said they used an old contract, they were using the WGA form contract from the year earlier. It just hadn't been updated yet. And that was it. And I would imagine too, something goes into it where. When they were making this movie, who could have ever looked into the future and seen what it would turn out to be? You know, it's like, it's it's right. nobody's fault, really. Right. So there aren't, like, that many other uh, franchises old enough to have started on the foundation of the outdated contract? That, well, that have made there, it have been, there, there have been, most of them are, are you know, if the other one's Halloween, you know, was John Carpenter all the way through, Nightmare was was Wes Craven all the way through. There actually just was a, a, a dispute with Clyde Barker and the Hellraiser series, and he filed a lawsuit using the same lawyer as Victor, and it very quickly resolved in Clyde Barker's favor. 
um, and because he they were they I think they were making threats that they were going to claim that the but again with Clyde Barker he had already written books so right. the books were written and so they couldn't say it was work for hire because it was based on this book um, that already existed so yeah it's uh, it's a it's kind of a it, it's a kind of a I mean uh, yes will it happen again maybe but it, not so often people are a little more sophisticated so now trying to and again i just want anyone listening to this to know you know this is just us talking about it and discussing it but going forward i mean what what do you see the outcome being because what i the way i see it from an outsider and a fan view is they're going to just have to come to some type of money agreement and that's the end of it yes that that is that is that is what but it's been four years and they haven't been able to do that now now they're sort of waiting to see what the court does. And uh, I think the court will uphold the verdict and, and Victor will win. And so they'll have to make a deal. If the court reverses they and they say that Sean wins, then they can immediately go back and make movies and don't have to make a deal at all. Uh, and then the third option, which is the worst option, is that the court says, well, you know, we really need a jury to make this decision, oh, in which case the case goes back to a trial which will be sometime in late 2021, maybe 2022. And so, you know, and then maybe an appeal of that. So you're talking years more, you know, and and look, these guys are not young. Right. Um, You know, I think they're like 79 and 81. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're up there. So not sure what's going to happen. It seems to have turned into a bit of a pissing contest of just from my point of view. And, you know, like, like I said, it's, I, I just don't like the the slander on on both sides of that because you know, like I said, I wouldn't blame Victor at all. I would do the same thing, and you know, I also understand Sean Cunningham's point of view, where you know he created was you know a big part in creating this franchise. It's just it's so crazy how polarizing this franchise is to where people who I know personally aren't even horror fans really, and they're so opinionative of on on this topic. It's it's just spilled over so far. Yeah, it's. It, I wish they could come to an agreement. Yeah, yeah, and um, also I don't know how much you've kept up with on the video game itself. Uh, are Are you familiar with their current status? I know they they stopped doing the the hosting the the game, so right, you have to go peer peer right peer to peer. Yeah, so I heard that. Yeah, so that and and that's heartbreaking because you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the video game and. For a lot of different reasons, the passion behind it, authenticity, all that stuff. But um, from I, I just want to see if you knew anything on that standpoint, because that, again, is something everyone's kind of looking at as um, they just don't want to deal with the mess anymore. And they're washing their hands with everything. I don't think it, I think it's that hosting the servers costs a lot of money. And right. The money coming in does no longer pays for the, the, the cost of the hosting the servers. So. They're, you know, that's that, that, you know, that they just don't have, they, you know, it's gun is a small company. It's, it's, right. It's four guys. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, there's not some, it's not some, it's not, you know, uh, uh, EA or, or uh, Ubisoft, you know, right. it's just four guys. <laughs> they don't have, you know, the tens of millions of dollars to just let the, the, you know, host it anymore. Someone wants to take it over. They can't, you know, no one's buying the game anymore. So, or not enough people. I mean, maybe a few, but right. It would be enough. Just not enough money coming in to, to pay, to keep it up, keep it up and running. I know right. it's a shame. It is. But every game has a life. 
Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's amazing because I'll you know I still play it and uh, not as often as I did due to you know current status and all that, but I mean it's still so active. Like you can log in at any time, day, night, even sometimes three o'clock in the morning. I'll get on and get a full game with all the you know, and it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy how this is affecting it to the point where obviously the interest is there. And, you know, like they had so much ready to go. And like you said, I guess it's just really just they don't have the money to sit and wait for this to resolve itself and then continue. Right. It's not it's not there are lots of people who love the game and will keep playing it, but it doesn't cost you anything anymore. Right. right? But it costs them. So unless they, you know, they can they can say, okay, everyone who wants to play, you pay, you know, X amount of a month and we'll keep the servers on. But, you know, I don't know what that is. And that would kill it, too. So yeah, uh, right. yeah, people aren't going to do that. right. And with the lawsuit, this only affects like going forward, right? That's why Scream Factory was able to just release that box set and stuff. It yes. doesn't affect any of the previous. Okay, it does not. That's affect, what I right. thought. The, the lawsuit does not affect any of the movies that already existed. It just affects them making new things. Uh, with that, uh, I, I mean, I think they could still make the Jason dolls if they want to. Um, but basically nothing new, like they couldn't do the levels, you know, add the new levels to the game. And people mm-hmm. were like, Oh, gun is, you know, you know, there, there was some conspiracy gun was told by Warner brothers. You can't do it. That's it. There's no, there's no, <laughs> they were told Warner brothers said you can't do it. So that was it. You know, so people who listening to this, you know, nothing to do. They had no choice in the matter. See, that was another thing that I, I heard a lot of. And, you know, everyone's so candid about it because due to legalities, you really can't talk about much. But and, and that's why I, I love that we're able to sit and talk to you and kind of clear the air a little bit, because that's another thing I heard with the game, too, where they could release things. They're just choosing not to, which I wouldn't have blamed them either way on that. But wow. So they they were just told flat out, no, you can't do anything. Right. Oh, right. wow. They did all their work. You, the, the Uber Jason was ready. What do you think? They I, did yeah. all that work. They had it ready, and then they didn't put it. You know, they, like, no, they wanted to. They, they had the new maps. They were told they could not. Well, that's it's not. they can't get in a fight with Warner Brothers. Right. That's the way it is. Yeah, and that's who I feel worse for. Because, you know, uh, Victor Miller and, and Sean Cunningham, they're going to win one way or another, the, you know, percentage-wise, who knows, but... Gun media, I feel the worst for in all this because they, they, they real they did something really special with that game and went above and beyond what they had to do to make it as authentic as they could, and I, I feel really bad for them in this whole situation. Well, I, no, I think they look. They made a great game. They all made. I think you know it did wildly successful beyond yeah. what they imagined, and they're doing other stuff. And I, you know, I, I fully imagine that one day. You know, the lawsuit will be involved, resolved. Warner Bros. will go back to doing, uh, making Friday the 13th movies, and hopefully they will maybe do, you know, a new, a new game, you know, for the PS5 and the X, new Xbox. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I, I hope it goes somewhere because there's so much potential there, and I see so many other survival games, like, you know, Dead by Daylight's one of them and, and all yeah. that, but Friday the 13th, in my opinion, is so far superior in a lot of different ways. It was a really great game. It was really fun to play. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. When uh, uh, life gets back to quote-unquote normal, are we going to see you out on the convention circuit, Larry? I hope so. I love going to conventions. 
So uh, it's really fun. It's fun to get away from the office and travel. And I, you know, I got to see, you know, the United States and parts. I went to Germany a couple of years ago. That was fun. And uh, so, yeah, if you, uh, you know, if you're listening and you want me to come to a convention in your city, you know, tell the promoter, say, you have bring Larry Zerner. And I'm always interested in coming to, you know, more conventions. I do have one question. Uh, you said that you liked doing walk-on stuff still. Do you, do you have a favorite role that you've done? I, I know Shelly's like one of the most famous, but what did you have the most fun with? Well, Shelly is a step above because it was easily <laughs> real. Like that's a part I worked for, you know, two months on that movie. And uh, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, but I got, I had a small part in Nights of Bad Astem which was Joe Lynch's movie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Netflix uh, with um, Ryan Quanton and Steve Zahn and um, uh, oh, Jimmy Simpson. And it's got a great cast and Summer Glau uh, about LARPers who raise a demon. Um, that was a lot of fun to do. And uh, being as unbiased as you can, um, yeah. what is your favorite horror franchise? Tough one, I, I know. A tough one. Uh, well, we'll just, we'll just put we'll put Friday Thirteenth aside for right. a second. Um, you know, I love I love George Romero, so I love the Romero stuff. Okay. Um, Very unpopular answer, but but I love it. Unpo- unpopular. <laughs> well, as far when you ask someone their favorite horror, I, I I think more lately you'll hear the Nightmare on Elm Street and you know stuff like that. I love them. I mean, I, I I'm right. a big fan of Nightmare. Uh, you know, I like Nightmare, and uh, you know, some of well, I mean, some you know, a lot of them are, a lot of them go up and down, right? Right. I mean, even the Fridays, we'll agree, go up and down. Oh, by the way, I did hear your uh, rankings of the Friday Thirteenth movies, and appreciate you putting three at the top. Um, oh, otherwise, Rob, I, would yeah. have, I would not have appeared on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I'm just glad you didn't say Leprechaun. That's all. Oh God! <laughs> you know, I've never seen any of them. <gasps> oh man, you need you need to do yourself a favor. Don't, don't waste your time with a lot of them. Don't get me wrong, but that original one was something. All right. All right, and, and I, before I, I know we're taking your time, so I, I, thought, I, I love I love the Conjuring universe too. I think really? So. Oh wow! Okay, oh, okay. James Wan fan. Yeah, wow. James Wan is God. He's great. He's great. Yeah, we the just Conjuring. Had a, you made me very the, happy. The you can come back movie. anytime. The Conjuring is maybe the scare the movie that scared me the most in the past twenty years. I mean, it was just so good. Okay. That movie's that movie's a masterpiece. Wow. Okay. Okay. Th- again, a, a very unpopular opinion. I like yeah. it a lot. Conjuring one being good is it unpopular. <laughs> Believe it or not, I I mean I personally don't like it. Believe it or not, I mean I, I, I mean I'm more of a, an older school Amityville kind of. But I, I mean it. I I can see it. It's not one of those I'm going to sit and just crab. I can see it for sure. But uh, would you uh, be able to before you go just settle an opinion? Uh, an argument amongst the show okay where would you i'm not going to ask for your full ranking of friday the 13th but where would you put jason takes manhattan <laughs> yeah that is not a good movie oh, oh no yay. damn it <laughs> not a good movie oh, not, i remember i saw it in the theater and you know i mean look the real problem with it is it's called jason takes manhattan you were expecting him. manhattan 
until, you know, uh, you know, Jason is on a slow <laughs> boat and may eventually get to Manhattan for five minutes. Maybe that if that title would have worked a little better. But, you know, the advertising, I mean, you're probably too young, but I remember, you know, the, I mean, the, all the advertising was about New York. New York right. Stuff. So it, it, be, it was a big bait and switch. And, you know, then it's just not very good. I don't think, yeah. Damn. I mean, I, I have not seen it again since yeah, there's it first came out. Uh, so that's a long time ago. But uh, did not, you know, really did not like it. The Muppets were more effective at taking Manhattan than Jason was. <laughs> that's true. 100%. Damn it. I lose again. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. <laughs> um. Well, that's disappointing, but <laughs> but expected. Well, if you <laughs> like it, you like it. I. I mean, whatever. It's fine. Fair I'm, enough. I'm not. I'm not dissing you, Mike. It's like whatever. You know, people have people have their own taste. I, 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 I can accept. See, Larry, you are so much nicer about it. These two just abuse me <laughs> about my movie picks, and that's one of them. But you know, your parents, you know, kept you in a closet when you were a child. So. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that, to be fair, I like Jason Takes Manhattan, and I'm a huge Leprechaun fan. Not a lot of people would disagree with you. <laughs> but you you ranked part three as your top, right? So you have something. No, that was Rob. I forget where I had uh-huh. part three. I think was it was top three. I I believe. I think right, I have one. Two. Have you guys seen it in a theater? No, I I am not old enough to have. No, it's where are you going. No, where do you guys live? I live in Indiana. Oh, yeah, I'm in New York. I got um, the um, the box set from uh, the Paramount movies that has the blue and red 3D no, that you can watch unwatchable, on Blu-ray. Unwatchable, unwatchable. Uh, I, I can't make it more than 15 minutes without getting a headache. Yeah. There's really nothing better than watching part three in real 3D in a theater with a crowd. It rocks. Still rocks. We had a screening... A couple of years ago at the Egyptian theater in Hollywood sold out. It was so much fun. People loved it. It really, that movie is made to play in a theater in 3d. It, it as good as you think it is, it is a hundred percent better in 3d in a theater with a crowd. I hate that. I, I a lot of times wish that I was 10 years older to, cause I hate that I couldn't experience that. And I, I haven't, I try to keep up with the viewings around me and, there's not too many, and at least on the weekends when I can go. But um, even then, it's like you know, it's it's. I would have loved to have been there when it came out and catch that whole vibe and all that. So I I definitely am am with you on that. I really wish I could have had the experience for a bunch of those movies that came out in their time. And ah man, I I really wish I could have experienced. Yeah. Well, that. maybe now because they in the new box set, there's a you know a real 3D version. There's a new that so maybe theaters can play that right i yeah i don't know how it works but because to really play it right you needed not only you needed special uh a special screen because a real silver screen to play it you couldn't just play it on a normal screen but maybe mm-hmm. this new version can be played so hopefully they'll they'll show it more often um but if yeah if you're listening and you ever get a chance to see it and i mean when this is all over and you know sometime next year maybe you know in 2022 we're be our 40th anniversary so hopefully there'll be some screen right and hopefully every all this other the you know everything that's going on with the franchise will be done with it by then and something really special yeah, we're doing a, a new movie yeah hopefully a new movie in 2022 right Ho- hopefully we'll, we'll we'll see but um yeah. larry we appreciate your time so much sir uh you're very insightful we appreciate all everything you had to share with us 
You're welcome. And uh, is there anything you want? You know, I, I don't know how big you are on social media. If you want people bothering you and all that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, well, no, you can follow me. I'm not, I'm not. I'm on Instagram, but don't do much. So don't. I mean, you can follow me, Larry Zerner, on Instagram, on Twitter. I have two accounts. I have Zerner Law. Follow that for all the news about the legal thing. And, and I'm always updating about the lawsuit. If there's news about the lawsuit, that's where you'll find it first. So uh, definitely follow Zerner Law. And if you just want to follow me personally for acting stuff, that's Larry Zerner on Twitter. Uh, and if you're uh, if you want to give me a cameo in your next movie, I'll do that. Too. There we go. There we go. Maybe we'll 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 cast you for the Leprechaun Takes Manhattan, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, sir. We appreciate you. Okay, well, all right. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks. Okay, guys, we are back. Kat, I learned a lot. Me too. Look, I, I was sitting there genuinely thinking I knew so much about it. And it's wild how many different sides of the coin this thing has. Yeah, I was, um, I went in not knowing, like knowing that I didn't know a lot about it, but I am very surprised at how much it makes sense, like how how quickly I was able to understand enough of it i'm you know there's still a lot of aspects that are very complicated but i the the fact that it's an outdated contract that kind of started the whole thing is one of those fun like ripple effect things right yeah see the way i understood was i knew that uh uh victor miller had I knew it had to do with him owning the rights to the the what he wrote, but I didn't know there was any type of you know, because I never blamed Victor Miller either. As I I said earlier, I I never blamed him for it because like I've said, if I had a chance to make millions by dealing by suing somebody or taking legal action or any type of avenue that he took, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not I got no shame in it either. Like I'm fucking doing it. So. And he was in all his legal rights. So, you know, you really, nobody, anybody who's upset about the Friday the 13th status, which I am, you still can't blame the guy. So I didn't know there was all that shit where it's like, they, man, that's got to suck, man. They sat there knowing this was coming. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, like you said, it was all kind of put down in a in a way that we could pick it up pretty easily. And. Uh, it was pretty cool, Larry, to come on here and talk to us about that. And it's wild how somebody went on who was actually involved in the franchise went on to. It's almost like a uh, what do they call those things? Like a parallel universe or something? I don't know. Where you know, like who who would think he'd go on to be an IP attorney and keep this much interest in the damn thing? Yeah. So that that was pretty cool, Larry. That that was that was awesome. So I. I'm glad we got a little bit of clarity. I hope our listeners learned a little something like we did about it. Cause it, we're Friday the 13th is so big in the genre and in the community and to see it in this status sucks so bad. And then to not fully understand it and you get this story and that story, like it just kind of all gets convoluted and, and it's, it sucks. Yeah. Um, so cat is there, no, I'm trying to look. There's really nothing coming up next week. We oh god, we could talk about next week's episode slightly. Okay. Um, 
not that there's too much build up for it, but I'm kind of excited to. I haven't listened to it back yet because <laughs> we tried to record a little bit ahead with holidays and everything going on, and we had a little bit of technical difficulty getting our guest Jimmy oh. J. Yeah, that one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I I don't know what next week's episode is. Have we? That we shit did. fest. We sure <laughs> yeah. did. Um, and while we were waiting for Jimmy to figure out whatever it is he had going on, which he never was able to do, uh, me, Rob, and Kat just started talking horror. And like the more I like, I was sitting there listening to us, and I was like, you know, like this is a pretty cool conversation, and we're just kind of go, we just went off about everything. Like it was just casual conversation of three people sitting in a living room. Like drinking a beer or something, having and like I thought it was pretty awesome. I can't wait to hear it back. I really can't. <laughs> I don't know me. And then, then again, maybe I'll listen to it back and go, "God damn, this is awful." <laughs> you never know. So we will, we will see how that goes. It was fun though. It was a fun time. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun episode. I, I think it's gonna be laid back and a, a good way to wrap up the year. Yeah. Yeah, that one should be dropping shortly after New Year's. So, and, and look, kind of like I said, uh, I think, yeah, we recorded an intro for then and stuff for that. So, yeah, kind of like I said then, it was kind of like the the end of the year and the holidays and all that is such a family, friends, and, you know, togetherness type of bullshit and all that stuff. So, I think it was kind of a nice moment for the three of us to have that, you know, it, I don't know. It was just kind of like a, it was a really cool conversation. Like, I really genuinely enjoyed it. I know I'm saying that with anything to do with Rob is a stretch, but it was enjoyable. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> it really is. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's fine. I, I really think they'll enjoy that because whenever we actually got a really nice shout out today from Brittany at late and confused on Twitter it was really nice and uh, said how, how good our episode was. And she was talking about, Oh, God. Santa Jaws. She was talking about Santa Jaws. No, goddamn. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know what we're talking about. That was just my guess. It it was. Yes. Yes. Why are we getting good feedback about Santa Jaws? I told you the best episode of Slasher Radio. Damn it. (laughs) I'm so mad about that. But yeah, so whenever we get really good feedback, or, or, or really most of our feedback in general is. That, you know, we make people feel like we're just sitting and they're kind of eavesdropping on our conversation, which is kind of a, what we're trying to portray. You know, we, we're not going to sit here and and list play-by-play shit and try and get all analytical about movies and shit. Like, I hate when people do that. So I, I kind of like that we're able to just do that general conversation kind of talk. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, Kat. So I, I don't think I, it, it was awesome that Larry was on. We appreciate him yet again. Be yes. sure to follow him for he gives Friday Thirteenth uh, lawsuit updates and all that stuff on his Twitter. So go make sure you follow him on Twitter and everything else, and make sure you follow us. You can go to slasherradio.com, check out this episode along with our entire catalog of episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at slasherradio. You can follow me at Mikey's Dead. And Kat, where are they catching you? At Kat underscore Valor on Twitter. Uh, that is capital C, capital V-O-L-E-U-R. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We do it right around here. Yeah. And you can go follow Rob at Radio Rob 123 uh, lowercase r, lowercase r. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. And you can also follow his other show, 
at this horror life. Uh, I believe they just put out a Christmas episode called Ho Ho Horror, which I, I am positive was fucking Rob's idea for a yeah, he would. Only he would do that. Wow, what an asshole! But uh, thanks for listening to us, guys. I hope everyone had a great holiday, and we will catch you next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio Podcast. Damn it. Rob, I don't appreciate that smirk. I don't. When he said that it was a bad movie, I don't appreciate it. See, there it is. Of course, he. there's no way. There's no way you thought that he was going to say that was a good movie. I didn't think he'd put it. You could not have possibly. No one says that's a good movie. That was the exact argument I made was that it's called Jason Takes Manhattan and he doesn't. I know. False advertising. We're still doing that damn movie one day, guys. I'm just letting you know that now. I'm standing strong. If I had to watch Santa Jaws, you're watching Jason Takes Manhattan. Damn it. Well, that was cool, though. Uh, fine. I already had to watch Freddy's Dead. Jesus, you guys. For no reason, as of right now. Too. How's that? Yeah, feel? I know. For nothing, it turns out. <laughs> Eight Saw movies, Freddy's Dead. Jeez. We should just. T- I'm glad I signed up for this show. Yeah, right. We should turn this into the torture Rob show because <laughs> I'm fine with yeah. that too. Nah. But we're we're already there. <laughs>